This is Healthcare Strategies. Hello, and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. My name is Kelsey Waddell, and I am the Senior Editor of Healthcare Intelligence and Multimedia Manager for Extelligent Healthcare Media. As payers find themselves in the midst of Medicare open enrollment for 2022, they are confronting a variety of challenges, some that are evergreen and some that are very time sensitive. Christopher Ciano, president of Aetna Medicare, is joining us today to discuss how payers can best support members during their decision-making process and the trends that he expects to see take shape during open enrollment this year. Hi, Christopher. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Kelsey. Nice to be here today. Um, So I wanted to just start out pretty broad and just hear some of your projections, and then we can dig into the specifics from there. So first, what trends are you expecting to see in the types of benefits that members are most interested in this year? And what health plan features do you expect will really influence members' decision-making? Yeah, I mean, I think that like any year, you'll continue to see sort of key tenants that beneficiaries will look for in a plan, right? Doesn't always change. Certainly the pandemic, and we can talk about that, uh, has some influence on it. But, you know, I think it boils down to affordability. It does a plan fit their specific budget simplicity you know is it easy to understand and utilize the plan and then obviously access to care and prescriptions right many of these plans have networks and you want to make sure that the beneficiaries preferred doctors hospitals and pharmacies are in and then there's a whole realm of prescription coverage and ensuring that it fits the beneficiary's specific needs but i do think it gets down to individual beneficiaries sort of health goals and needs right And if they want vision dental hearing, then they need to start thinking about looking at supplemental benefits like that, or even fitness, right? Depending on the unique needs the beneficiary has and what's important to them, then that kind of will steer kind of what beneficiaries will look for. And more and more as we see social determinants of health emerging, it's an important trend as well. I think the unique elements that plans are offering And I can give you a few examples in 2022 for Aetna, for example, we're focused on some new features. We're offering a healthy foods benefit card to address food insecurities. So we basically have provided that option in 28 states and select plans across those states, giving sort of the beneficiary a monthly allowance for nutritious foods. A member's zip code can actually be more impactful sort of than their generic code, right? So... You know, when we think about specifically in the dual eligible space, right, very low income, we wanted to create solutions that made sense to the holistic lives of prospective members, both existing and new. And so food insecurity and access to nutritious foods is so important. So we thought now that Medicare is allowing us to be a lot more tailored and flexible, we really wanted to address head on the access to food challenge and sort of take some of that away. And obviously in the past, we've done that with meals and meals are still a very popular component of MA plans, but specifically to go and get healthy foods where and when they want it is an important element as well. So that's what kind of drove that element and we'll continue to test and learn and expand it as we go forward. We're offering in many of our DSNP or duly eligible plans, utilities debit cards. So that's new for 2022 offering this card that has a monthly allowance that could be used towards your basic utilities like water, electricity, gas, et cetera. 
So we know that the expanded aspect of benefits is such an important trend as we go forward. Excellent. Thank you for that overview. One thing that you mentioned there is affordability. And I wanted to kind of start there for a minute. I know that $0 premium plans are becoming much more common. And I know Aetna has some plans that are available with $0 premium as well. I was just wondering, you know, as enrollment for those ostensibly begins to climb, and as these plans gain more traction, what would you say are some of the challenges that payers might face? And also, you know, what strategy should they be implementing that ensure that those $0 premium health plans are effective at keeping costs low for both health plans and beneficiaries for the long term? In short, like what are we looking at here for the long term with these $0 premium plans? Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at a $0 premium plan, you want to make sure you understand how comprehensive that plan is. So premium should only be one element in an evaluation of it. And as we design it, right, in that regard, it's really important to look at the underpinning benefits. What are the co-payments and cost share, right? And in many of those plans, you want to look at your most common services, right? So our goal is not only to design zero premium plans, which are becoming more and more popular as you start to think about availability. And and quite frankly, we're pretty proud because in 22, about 84% of all eligibles across the country will have access to a zero monthly premium plan from Aetna Medicare Advantage. But more importantly, I think you do have to start to look at the availability and the cost components of the other benefits. So whether it's primary care visits, labs, targeted health screenings, that's another big piece that we look at for sustainability and making sure that it's not just premium. We want to make sure beneficiaries can have access to care and that cost is not going to be a barrier to that. So in those highly popular, highly utilized services that I mentioned, you know, we've put zero on many of those services as well so that they can get the screenings they need and they can go see their primary care without feeling any barrier to affordability. Makes sense, yeah, to make sure that that the affordability is across plans, not just in those $0 premium plans. Excellent. Well, I wanted to go to one of the challenges that is kind of an evergreen challenge that members and payers face during this time of year, which is the low healthcare literacy amongst some member populations in Medicare Advantage and Medicare and as they try to you know, navigate and identify their health plan options, I was wondering if you could sort of generally contextualize for us, like what role do payers play in enabling member education and enabling members to choose the right health plan? And what strategies should they be implementing to offer the most support to lower that barrier of the confusion that often exists around this decision? Yeah, I mean, literacy, uh, that's why I mentioned simplicity at the top right? This can be a very confusing set of so many options available in the marketplace today. It can be very confusing. And as a Medicare Advantage plan, we feel that engaging members and getting members to be able to engage in their health holistically is our number one goal, not just to put programs out there to try to get people to use programs, but to meet specific goals that each beneficiary may have. We've actually done a couple of things in this area. We have a program internally at Aetna called We Speak Human. And we've taken a lens through much of our communications to really within the CMS guidelines, because we are fairly regulated in what we have to publish and what we need to provide to beneficiaries each year. But we took this lens of really trying to read it and simplify and use terms and language that's much more understandable than 
the jargon that's used in many Medicare plans across the country. So that's one, right? So we start this lens and we have this team that's dedicated to looking at how we communicate both written and verbal. And for example, once we did it in our written communication, we've made it available to our customer service reps who can see the elements of that same description when they're talking to a member or a prospective member on the phone. The other aspect is in order to really drive understanding and engagement, it's kind of by the ones. So we have a lot of what we call big hug campaigns, and we have a dedicated outreach team that makes calls one-on-one to members, and we're now walking them through how to use their plan. We want them to understand the features of the plan. We have videos online, but ultimately that one-on-one connection can help answer those questions that may not come through a normal dialogue. So we have a huge responsibility of sort of ensuring that beneficiaries understand what features they have and then how to really use them to their advantage. Yeah. Thank you for kind of breaking down the variety of approaches there. So I wanted to sort of jump again to talking a little bit about digital benefits and how technology is going to play a role in delivering care to Medicare beneficiaries this year. We've seen a lot of innovation and experimentation for payers in this space. And I'm curious how you foresee the role that technology will play in Medicare Advantage benefits more generally in 2022, but also more specifically, are there any new digital benefits or solutions that you are excited about at Aetna? Yeah. I mean, I think the pandemic has really kind of accelerated this dialogue in this space. And I think we learned a lot over the last 18 months around sort of the, the way technology can be embedded in care in a much you know more meaningful way. But what I would say is a couple of things. We, we definitely saw telehealth and utilization of telehealth in the senior space sort of accelerate and rise pretty quickly. And we saw the, the value that that vehicle could now be used in the future, whether it's telephonic or video conferencing predominantly. All our plans in 2022 now have telehealth as a core standard benefit for both primary care, specialist care, and behavioral health. The other thing we've seen spike is a use and interest in behavioral health. And we hadn't seen that trend in senior care for some time. So we've even made sort of 24 seven virtual video visits available through our, our partnership with the Minute Clinic and others. So we've, we definitely see that digital health is sort of impacting our daily lives and that we're beginning to think about, well, how do we have remote monitoring? So you'll see some of our benefits that offer for qualified individuals to have remote monitoring in the home, right? So I think the evolution of this is more care in the home, more eyes in the home and intersection, even if it's not in the traditional vehicle of going to a physician. Obviously it's, it's not replacing care, it's augmenting care in that regard. When you think about healthy home visits, which have always been going in, doing an assessment of the home and the home environment, now we've pivoted to this virtual option. Doesn't work for all, but you know you can actually accomplish many of the same things you do in a healthy home visit virtually. We saw a huge pivot in our benefit structure to fitness, right? Members were going in using their gym benefits. We've put a whole online course curriculum through Silver Sneakers that now you can do it virtually from the comfort of your own home if you want to. And then I think we saw our own you know, members embracing Facebook and Skype and WhatsApp. And we're finding there's different ways in which we can get attention and communicate there. So 
this is evolving and telehealth is sort of just the foundational basis of it. You know, getting access into the home, monitoring, exchange information, I think are really important as we go forward. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Kind of using telehealth as the foundation and then seeing how you can build off of that and not just maybe innovation, but making it more pervasive as well. At healthcare strategies, we like to keep things fairly evergreen, but this is a time sensitive question that I think is really important to address because something that's been sort of hanging over the conversation is the impact of the coronavirus pandemic on both members' decision-making for the 2022 plan year, but also I'm sure many elements of the 2022 will be impacted by the pandemic or will continue to be impacted by the pandemic. So I was curious just how you see the coronavirus pandemic impacting members' choices this year and potentially beyond as well, if you want to project that far. Yeah, I mean, you know, eventually it may be the new norm, right? We'll see how it evolves. But sort of coming off what we've experienced over the last two years, we we saw this huge impact, right, to seniors, uh, social distancing, you know, being kind of forced to embrace technology, being challenged with even getting food, right? How do I get out to get food? Like all these very, very important elements. And we know that social isolation in the senior population was a problem to begin with before a pandemic, and it only accelerated it. So I think it has changed and and that health plans like Aetna have done things differently. For example, we are expanding our companionship benefit, both physically and virtually in 22, knowing that not just there for house chores or how to use technology, how to get rides to doctors, right? That human connection is so, so important. So you're seeing an evolution there. And I think that will continue. And people may look to plans to see what type of plans have such a benefit in that regard. Whereas maybe several years ago, they they didn't because it was sort of buried underneath. But I think making access to care easier has been kind of the theme post-pandemic or through the pandemic. It forced us to think about programs differently, bringing care into the home. So now we, you know, we'll provide many of the screening tests. We've been actually sending them into the home and allowing members to actually take the test and mail them back in. As an example, I mentioned the healthy home visits shift in pivot, right? So OTC, being able to get things delivered to the home. So I think members will start to remember some of those program enhancements and then start to think about them as they think about their plan choices of the future. So it's getting much more holistic in our ability to sort of bring programs together to try to meet individual beneficiary needs. Excellent. Thank you. I always like to ask just before we get towards the end here, I know that we kept things fairly broad. Is there anything that I either didn't ask about that you wanted to talk about or that we did mention, but you wanted to talk about a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, I would just say a couple of things, right? We know affordability is a wide gamut of that, but we know that the demographics of those picking MA plans and the economic status are at one end of the spectrum and sort of concentrated. So, you know, always think about other things we can bring to the table. One other thing we're doing in 22 is we are providing an Aetna Medicare payment card. So it is providing sort of a card to cover certain out-of-pocket costs and they get a monthly or quarterly allowance to do that. So that's a new trend, right? We've never offered such a thing where you don't have to actually pay out-of-pocket, you can use your Aetna payment card. You know, things like fall prevention, which have been there, sort of are emerging. So we're really increasing our penetration of optionality around ensuring that we have fall prevention and access to safety items, right, in in a home delivery way 
that will help seniors as well. So that's another area. And then lastly, we're putting a lot of focus in 22 on hospice care, right? Hospice is traditionally carved out of Medicare Advantage plans and run separately by CMS, but we're actually doing a VBID program in certain markets, integrating hospice so we can look at it holistically. So again, sort of an evolution, right? Understanding beneficiaries and making sure that the benefits we're offering of a really true value is important. And then we want members to actually use their benefits. And that gets back to that simplicity, education, and engagement. Great. Thank you. Yeah, those bring up a lot of, of stuff that, again, that has been happening, but not perhaps at the scale that it could be happening at. So it's exciting to see that grow. And thank you so much for coming on today, Christopher, and for offering your insights on this year's Medicare open enrollment season. My pleasure, Kelsey. So good to talk to you. Listeners, we'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Feel free to reach out to me at kwadil at extelligentmedia.com. That's K-W-A-D-D-I-L-L at extelligentmedia.com to share your thoughts. You can also use that email to let us know if there are any health industry related questions or stories you would like us to consider covering. And if you liked this episode and it sparked some thoughts for you, please head over to Apple and give us a few stars and a positive review. Thank you for listening. This has been an Extelligent Healthcare Media production. 